Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here on this Friday, December 31st, 2021, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Uh, as the year comes to a close, the uh, calendar year, of course, we look forward to a year to come by the Lord's giving and the Lord's grace. Um, how can we uh, go about living in this life, <laughs> uh, living in the new year in a way that um, gives us hope and comfort and peace and encouragement is that we would live not by fear, um, but rather by faith, by trust. All right. And you'll hear more about that on Sunday. I'm kind of preparing ahead here uh, for Sunday divine service. Okay. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Nope. I think that's good. So let's start. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. See our memory verse. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, verse 14. All right. Our psalm this week is Psalm 139. Excuse me. There we are. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where... Shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is bright as the day, for, the, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I lie or I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. O oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I hate not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. All right, our first reading for this New Year's Eve is from Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so we have some rhetorical questions here. Of course, rhetorical because he's uh, trying to bring us to the confession, his answer, right? Um, If God is for us, who can be against us? Answer, no one. How do we know that? Because he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all and freely gives us all things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? No one can because we are justified freely in Christ's name, right? Uh, God has already rendered judgment to us, so who else can judge us? None. Who is he who condemns? No one, because Christ has already died uh, and has risen furthermore and makes intercession for us, so there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Answer. No one and nothing, right? No one and nothing can because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, Not not, uh, bad actors, not uh, uh, false doctrine, not, I don't know, go through the list of things, temptation, evil, um, tyrants, murderers, nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And there's the key, it's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All right, so how how do you know you're in Christ Jesus? Well, on this end of the year, think of your baptism, right? Which we'll think of. We'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow with the new year. But um, know that we're baptized into Christ, which has God's promise attached to it. You are my child, right? Um, this text is really well. All the Romans text, but this text in particular is is used quite extensively in our Lutheran confessions. Uh, for example, in the Augsburg Confession. Um, on on the law, it says this. In the third place, Christ does not stop being, or no, this is on Christ, excuse me, third article on Christ. Christ does not stop being our mediator after we have been renewed. They err who imagine that he has merited only a first grace, that he saves us and then leaves us alone, right? And that afterward we please God and merit eternal life in our fulfilling of the law. No, Christ remains mediator, and we should always be confident that for his sake we have been reconciled to God. He's constantly interceding for us before the throne of heaven. He's constantly delivering to us forgiveness of sins, right? Even though we are unworthy. Paul clearly teaches this when he says, I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Paul knows that through faith he is counted righteous for Christ's sake. According to the passage, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Uh, that's Psalm 32, verse 1, and also Romans 4, 7. But this forgiveness is always received through faith, right? So keep this in your mind, because we're going to talk about this on Sunday. Through faith. Likewise, the credit for the righteousness of the gospel comes from the promise. 
Therefore, it is always received through faith. It must always be regarded as certain that we are counted righteous through faith for Christ's sake. So our standing before God is through faith for Christ's sake. Key. If the regenerate afterward think that they will be accepted because of the fulfilling of the law, why would or when would a conscience be certain that it pleases God? We never satisfy the law. So we must always run back to the promise. Our infirmity must be recognized in this matter. We must regard it as certain that we are counted righteous for the sake of Christ, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, is interceding, present tense, ongoing. Romans 8, 34. If anyone thinks that he is righteous and accepted because of his own fulfillment of the law and not because of Christ's promise, he dishonors this high priest. This cannot be understood. How could someone imagine that a person is righteous before God when Christ is excluded as the atoning sacrifice and mediator? Question mark. All right. This comes up, uh, let's see, where does it come up again? Where would be a good example? Oh, yes. What does it mean to be justified? All right. We believe, teach, and confess that according to the usage of Holy Scripture, the word justify means, this is in the uh, formula of Concord, by the way, in this article, quote, to justify means to absolve, that is, to declare free from sins. Proverbs 17, 15 says, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Also, Romans eight thirty three says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Um, this doctrine, this doctrine of justification, also provides, oh, excuse me, this article 11. So this is uh, on election. This doctrine of election, God chooses you unto salvation, also provides the excellent, glorious consolation that God was greatly concerned about the conversion, righteousness, and salvation of every Christian. He so faithfully provided for, the, for it that even before the foundation of the world was laid, he considered it. And in his purpose, ordained how he would bring me to salvation and preserve me in salvation. He wanted to secure my salvation so well and so certainly, since through the weakness and wickedness of our flesh, salvation could be easily be lost from our hands, or through the devils and the world's craft, might it, be, might it could be snatched and taken from us. Therefore, he ordained in his eternal purpose what cannot fail or be overthrown. He placed salvation for safekeeping in the almighty hand of our Savior, Jesus Christ, from which no one can snatch us, John 10, verse 28. Therefore, Paul asks in Romans, because we are called according to his purpose, who will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord? The answer, no one. No one can snatch us from the Lord's hand, John 10, verse 28. Furthermore, this doctrine of election provides glorious consolation it consoles under the cross and amid temptations. In other words, God in his counsel before the time of the world determined and decreed that he would assist us in all distresses. He determined to grant patience, give consolation, nourish and encourage hope and produce an outcome for us that would contribute to our salvation. Also, Paul teaches us this in a very consoling way. He explains that God in his purpose has ordained before the time of the world by what crosses and sufferings he would conform every one of his elect to the image of his son. His cross shall and must work together for good for everyone because they are called according to God's purpose. Therefore, Paul has concluded that it is certain and beyond doubt that neither tribulation or distress, neither death nor life or other such things will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this is a key. Um, and very interesting, isn't it? That even, according to our confession, 
according to Paul here, even the temptations, the trials, and the experiences of great evil and suffering we, ex we experience in this life is, is uh, according to God's foreknowledge, right, for the purpose of conforming us to the image of his son. It's for the sake of faith. Uh, I've often used the analogy, if you had everything you needed, if you believed, I should say, you have everything that you needed uh, for faith and life, why would you go to church? Why would you read the scriptures? Why would you pray? The answer, of course, is you wouldn't, <laughs> right? Think of the, the rich young ruler or um, the rich man and poor Lazarus, right? He had everything he needed for his life. Did he have any need for faith in Christ? No. Well, of course he did. He didn't believe he needed that, right? So, um, the Lord lays upon us um, weakness, suffering, um, challenges to our faith, right? False teaching, tyrants, evil, uh, evil rulers, um, great uh, disaster. You know, think of the wildfire in Colorado, for example. Um, he does so um, not to hurt or harm us, but for the sake of faith, that we would repent, believe the gospel, and be saved. Whether we continue to live in this life or he takes us to himself in heaven, right? So comforting, consoling word from Jesus. Nothing shall be able to separate us. God has chosen us, right? Where does he say that? Who can bring a charge against God's elect, his chosen ones? No one. So then uh, on this New Year's Eve um, would be a good time to keep vigil, keep watch this evening, not just for the, the ball to drop in New York. I don't think anybody can even be in Times Square, right? They ban. Uh, the, yeah, they banned everybody. They're, they're, they're staying at home or something. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but whatever it is, however you usher in the new year at midnight, um, keep watch. What? For what? For Christ's coming. All right? Listen to this. Luke, Luke 12. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. All right, so you've heard these, these themes at the end of uh, the church year. <laughs> so that was back in November into December. Uh, but it also is fitting here for the end of the calendar year, uh, our Roman calendar that we use. Right? Um, so obviously the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect, so watch and be ready. It's interesting, he mentions the Roman watches here. So Luke uses the, uh, the Roman accounting of time. So the second watch would be um, from midnight to 3 a.m., all right? The third watch would be 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., or roughly daybreak, right? The first watch being 9 p.m., um, to midnight. All right, so those are the watches of the night. All right, um, and we don't know he's going to come in the night, though. Right, and I I mentioned this in the sermon on Wednesday night um, that our life in this world is under the shadow of death. It's a way a way of saying that we actually live in darkness. Right, um, the only light that shines in this darkness, the darkness of this world, is the light of Christ. Right, and only He is like uh, the what? What do you want to say? The light, the uh, the lamp that lights the way, um, the um, the light or the watchtower that guides through um, the rocky uh, and uh, tumultuous seas, right? Um, so that we can be safely guided to the shore, 
That's another picture the scripture uses, right? So we are in the dark <laughs> in many ways, I suppose, if you want to apply that to your life. Um, but we have Christ who is our light. And and the, the charge here, just like with the 10 um, virgins, the five wise and the five foolish, so also here, the charge is to keep your lamps burning, right? Which means to pray without ceasing, to consider God's word daily, right? To seek uh, forgiveness for the sake of, of repentance for the sake of forgiveness, right? As often um, as you can, right? To regularly receive Christ's body and blood for your forgiveness, life, and salvation, right? To be watchful and to pray, to stay in God's word so that um, you can live each day confident knowing that if Christ comes today or he comes tomorrow, um, who can separate you? No one can because you are in Christ Jesus, right? I think that's the only way really to go about life um, in the way of, like I said in the sermon on Wednesday night, in the way of um, Simeon, Lord, now let your servant go in peace, your word has been fulfilled, right? Or in the way of uh, Zechariah, free to serve him without fear all the days of our life. That's the Benedictus, right? Free to serve him without fear. How can we serve the Lord without fear? Except by knowing our sins are forgiven, um, that he has promised us and he will keep his promise, um, eternal life and salvation, right? We can live these days with a free conscience, confessing and being forgiven um, and serving one another then without fear, um, looking forward to the daybreak, the day star um, who dawns upon us, that's Jesus, on the final day. So uh, maybe that's a good way to keep vigil this evening, right? Keep watch, uh, looking for our Lord's coming again. The second article of the Creed's explanation, let's say that for our catechism this week. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. We pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the second article of the Creed, you teach us that your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the greatest gift of your love for us. He is truly God, begotten of the Father from, or begotten of you from eternity, and he is truly man, born of the Virgin Mary. He has become our Lord and Savior by redeeming us from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, and with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. We no longer belong to the devil. Sin has no power over us. Jesus did all this that we might be his own and that we might live under him in his kingdom, in the protection and safety of his everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness for all eternity. For all that Jesus has done for us, we give you thanks and praise. Forgive us for trusting in any work of our own for salvation. Forgive us for doubting your love and the precious gift of forgiveness we have in Jesus. Grant us through the grace of your only begotten Son to believe with absolute confidence that our sins are forgiven and that we stand righteous before you for Jesus' sake, because he has risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray the collect for this week. O God, our Maker and Redeemer, you wonderfully created us and in the incarnation of your Son yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, and for the sick and dying. We pray today with Ruth, who celebrates her birthday. We pray uh, with our households, especially this week, with Roger and Sherry, Willis, Dick and Jean, Jackie, Jesse and Lisa, Jed and Rebecca. Pray for um, the Larsons, who rejoice at the birth of Dorothea. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Frank, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, Janice, and Colin, Ken, Norm, Sandy, and Kathy, Jim, Elaine, and Mike. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. We ask the Lord to give us a blessed end to this life and a blessed resurrection to eternal life. To that end, we also pray for those grieving, the family and friends of Roger and Rhonda, Roy, Dionisio, and Wallace. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray, eternal God, we commit to your mercy and forgiveness the year now ending and commend to your blessing and love the times yet to come. In the new year, abide among us with your Holy Spirit, that we may always trust in the saving name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn. Um, It's a great way to end out the, the year here. Neither crib nor cross refuse.
See you again tomorrow morning for our congregation of prayer at 9 a.m. Uh, and of course on Sunday morning at 9:30 a.m. for divine service. We'll be recognizing on Sunday, the second Sunday after Christmas. That's a change of schedule. Um, decided rather just to talk about uh, the uh, circumcision and name tomorrow on its day uh, in our congregation of prayer. Uh, of course, you can pray that at home, um, but otherwise to uh, to uh, recognize the second Sunday after Christmas. I think it's going to be a timely recognition for us and appropriate for Sunday. All right. So, uh, of course, I don't think I don't think there's Sunday school on Sunday, but we can have Bible class um, unless uh, not nobody wants to stay. <laughs> but why not? Right. Let's start the year off. Right. Uh, so join us for Bible study as well uh, on Sunday. All right. So Lord be with you all. Keep you safe and we'll see you tomorrow morning.